I guess. <clears throat> Orga boy! Orga boy! Orga boy, Orga boy, Orga boy, and cut loose from the noose. Telling everybody that I'm gonna be on the loose. Uh, it's Orga boy! Orga boy! Be afraid of Orga boy. It's Orga boy! Orga boy! Talking about Mickey Mouse! Yeah, Orga boy! On the loose! Orga boy, Orga boy, Orga boy. Uh, talking about Orga boy. Orga boy. Talking about Orga boy, Orga boy. All right, me. <clears throat> no, this isn't going to be an entirely Orga boy episode, though. Orga boy is desperate to share his Mickey Mouse impersonation with all of you. Um, it's pretty good, I got to just say. Um, I was convinced that old Mickey was in the room with us, but he wasn't. Um... How's everything going this year so far for you? Uh, I think we've had something which was tragic happen, which um, also gives and restores faith in mankind. Uh, and I'm talking about, I'm not going to name his name because I'm not trying to profit off this. Not that I'm making any money anyway, but but um, I'm talking about the incident which happened in the Bengals versus the uh, uh, Bills game. Monday night football, first quarter, player goes down. Um, uh, quite tragically, I think everyone thought the worst immediately. Uh, it was not a rough play. Uh, I mean, well, all football players are rough. This wasn't a particularly rough play at all. Uh, but uh, I, I think it was just a, an extremely unlikely event. And that's what, what most people are, are, are seem to, to view it. Um, but uh, something which does happen, has happened before, uh, not in an NFL game, but people have been struck in the chest and as a result had heart attacks before. Um, and now it, it was a tragedy and it could have been much worse. Uh, the location, the time, again, the timing is extremely improbable that such a thing can happen. But but if it is going to happen, um, your chance of survivability is much higher uh, the, the quicker you can get um, help. And so he had help almost immediately. Um, they, sus- they, they, uh, suspended the game. Eventually they, they, they really suspended it. Uh, meaning they weren't going to play again, uh, that night or that week. Um, and whatever happens happens, but, but it's a reminder here, um, of a couple of things. I just want to point out one is that football is for entertainment purposes. Um, we shouldn't, Yes, it's it, and it is entertaining. I I've always been a fan of football. Um, what I am not a fan of is gratuitous violence. Um, these are real people that are playing the game. Yes, it's a game. Um, yes, uh, it involves um, incredible athleticism, and that's what I think people really should delight in seeing uh, the effort that people are willing to go to. Um, for something ultimately, which is really truly meaningless. If if we'd never invented the game of football, life would have gone on just just as well. Um, but we do this uh, entertainment, and we want to be able to see the real triumph of the spirit, and we partially share in that um, triumph. You know the uh, uh, and it is kind of like a fiction working it out, and it's much better to play football than it is to play another more violent game called war. Okay, so that all being said, um, when uh, the player went down, again, not using his name, um, 
but when he went down, I did go back and I looked at the play, um, not because I'm really interested in the violence aspect of it, but because I just simply wanted to know and understand. And I get it. We shouldn't share this information, but we should make it available, if that makes sense. I mean, people should be able to determine what happened, respecting the privacy of this individual, because all sorts of nonsense immediately broke out about it being related to the fact that he had had a vaccine and things. That's just silliness. That's stupidity, really. It doesn't help you whatever idiot cause you've got. And I'm not pro-vaccine. I'm not anti-vaccine. Uh, I think the vaccine for COVID, certainly, you. this is an individual choice used off of information. You should be able to have that information. Um, information shouldn't be suppressed. But you should make up your own mind and respect the decisions of other people at the same time. I think that's the minimal we can expect from each other. You know, the, so the, but there were a few people that, that immediately went there. Um, I don't respect people that use something like that, especially so quickly, as some sort of way of justifying their own positions on things. Get the facts out, learn things. That's part of the reason I watched the, the play. I wanted to understand what could have caused this, you know, why he would have collapsed. Um, it was not particularly violent. Uh, T. Higgins is from my uh, hometown, the second uh, capital of global empire. Uh, T. Higgins didn't do anything violent. It was not an unusual play. The most, the only thing which maybe set it up as a more uh, stronger hit was that uh, the defensive back had moved in front and was completely stationary before making the tackle. So essentially, T. Higgins ran into him. Not that T. Higgins wanted to run into him because T. Higgins's point was to get as many yards as possible and running into him was not going to help him uh, do that. So it wasn't, T. Higgins didn't aim for the guy, didn't, didn't, you know, clearly no fault at all of, of T. Higgins. And it also was interesting because the, there was contact to the helmet, but it seemed to be pretty innocuous. The, he, you know, the uh, T. Higgins helmet hit, I think kind of the chin strap a little bit of uh, of the other player, um, but no, no real, nothing which you would think would be causing a concussion. Certainly, he didn't pass out immediately, um, and so yeah, clearly this is a case where it wasn't a concussion or something like that, but something that no one understood at the time, uh, very tragic, and, and people immediately assumed the worst. Now here's what is good, all right, and um, and I and I have a little bit here of, let's say, in-class privilege, because, yeah, I face some difficulties myself that could be considered up to possibly life-threatening, um, and even in such tragedies, and even, you know, there is sometimes something good which is also revealed, and I will say this, when Jesus saw the blind man Everybody wants to know, perhaps maybe, or not everybody, but there's a group, there's a kind of a human um, impulse to say, well, why did this bad thing happen to this guy? And so the impulse was, well, uh, oh, okay, well, somebody had done something to offend God to make so that God made this man blind. Was it the man himself or was it his parents? Because, it, you know, in the one case, if it was his parents... Well, it kind of sucks to, to, to get your kid in trouble uh, for something that the parents did. That's not so great. 
Uh, the other aspect of that is that uh, if it was him, well, I mean, like, how is he born blind? You know, it seems like the disadvantage. Seems like a kind of a not so uh, nice God. But that's if we view blindness as a punishment and what happened to him as a punishment, which was the mistake that people make. Bad things can only happen. If it's a just world, then bad things can only happen to bad people and good things can only happen to good people. And that's not the way that this world, this imperfect world works. So when the player goes down, uh, it was a, almost a freak accident. Something bad happens. Um, sometimes people say, oh, that's, there's no oh, you know, proof, that the, the proof that since bad things happen to good people or the absurd happens or things which you can't explain happen, that there can't be a rational good God who's in charge of the entire universe that created it because no rational good God would set things up in such a way. Um, to me, that argument never even remotely held any water at all. And, and I don't know. I mean, if someone goes through enough tragedy... Heck, I, I, I'm not going to say they don't have a kind of a right to blame God and be angry at God and turn away from God and reject God. That's, that is bad. That kind of doubles the tragedy in a way. And when we, something bad happens, yes, God is omnipotent, but that doesn't mean he always uses his, his power. Uh, just because you are all-powerful, just because you can do, do something, doesn't mean, one, you should, or two, you will. Uh, there's a range of freedom and God restricts his own power in that sense. Is there a rock so big God can't lift it? Could God create such a rock? Could God create? Oh, it's an absurdity. Um, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just silliness. But what you did see here immediately was an authentic outpouring of emotion and compassion for that man who had gone down and, and a and a reawakening to the reality of the situation, of knowing and understanding there was a difference between football. And most people did not call for anything other than for a suspension of the game. And nobody, as far as I know, I heard of, uh, was said, oh my gosh, they should have kept playing. No, they shouldn't have kept playing. Uh, I think that was clear. We need these wake-up calls every now and then, uh, apparently. And I, I'm sad that it happened. It's always tragic when it happens, and I feel terrible for the guy, and the prayers are for him, for his family, and that he has a full recovery. Um, and, and it's, what else can you say? But there was good which came out of it, and I'll talk a little bit about what that good is and, and how we perceive it, and, and part of the reason why there is an imperfect world, almost by necessity. Thank you. I'll be back in a moment. Um, Let me just take you through this pattern of thought here. Imagine Superman, or whatever superhero you want, um, he's like in Clark Kent form at the moment, or whatever, Steve Rogers, who cares? Um, all of a sudden he sees, or he hears, rather, a cry for help, a desperate cry for help. Somebody help me, right? Now what does he do? Well, in the comic books, and most of the time, in any sort of reasonable universe at all, any reasonable universe we could ever think of, Clark Kent doesn't hesitate. He goes into the nearest telephone booth. Sadly, now there aren't any telephone booths, so I don't know what he does. He dives down a manhole or something like that. He transforms himself into Superman. He goes out and he helps immediately, without question. There's no doubt, all right? What doesn't he do? 
that a modern superhero would absolutely certainly do. Okay, this is what he wouldn't have done in the past, but now the new Superman will do. The new Superman, rather than call for, uh, you know, immediately go and answer the call, he first has to question his own motivations. He has to say, huh, that's interesting. It's a cry for help. What kind of person is calling for help? Is this a person who has uh, been traditionally, um, uh, you know, oppressed or something like that? Because, you know what, if it is someone who's been traditionally oppressed, and I have no right to help that person. Because by helping that person, I am merely carrying on the patriarchy or the white supremacy or whatever that, uh, you know, I actually represent in traditional values, you know. Because of America's past racism and history of, of abuse uh, and neglect and etc. and etc., I really what should do is go there and apologize to the person. Unless, of course, they are a, a white male, in which case I wouldn't apologize to that person. I would just say, you deserve what you got. That is the modern superhero right there in a nutshell. Uh, deny it if you will, but that's really reality. And I'm not crying out here for white males or something like that, like we haven't had it our way for well over many, uh, couple hundred years, probably at least. Yeah, it all sucks. It, it does suck. It sucks for everybody. But the thing is, it's a cry for help. Did the Samaritan pause and say, huh, wow, that Gentile, sorry, that Jew there, he deserves what he got. No, he didn't. They were racial enemies. Or, I don't know if racial enemies, certainly religious enemies. Ethnic enemies. The Samaritan and the Jew were not friends at the time. It would have been as if Jesus was using as a parable um, somebody from ISIS or something like that. Right? How annoying would that be? Right? Uh, you tell a story about uh, some Republican GOP member getting hit over the head by a gang of Democratic thugs or something like that. And then, uh, you know, and then a member of ISIS walks by and, and picks them up and puts them in the hospital. Yeah, it, it's in a way, it's a challenge, right? In a way, it's a challenge, but it's also appealing to our um, common humanity here. Uh, we are... Those that want to divide us all up all the time by races, by, by sexuality by religion, by ethnicity. What are they really accomplishing here? What do they want? We are all commonly humans and we should be called to that common humanity. There is no real fundamental difference in any sort of morality between anyone of any color. And if that statement is latently racist... Then I'm then I well then what what are we gonna do now? Then Superman, Superman when he hears the cry for help, should sit down and contemplate how he's been part of the white supremacy, and whoever it is can go ahead and die. Okay, now again going back to the recent incident, when a real tragedy strikes, that is the time when humanity pulls itself together. And it doesn't matter the fact that that guy who gets injured 
what his background is, who he was, whether he's a good person or a bad person. The Samaritan didn't know the guy on the road. He didn't really know him. He didn't know who he was. All he saw was a beaten up pulp of a human being who was desperately in need of help. And he went out and he helped that person. That's all that is required of us. The rest of the thinking is not required. It's time to throw all that crap away. It's time to put all that crap aside. Be a good person. Do what's the right thing. When you hear a cry for help, go help. Put on your cape and fly off there and do what you're supposed to be doing. Everything else, my friends, is from the devil. I am absolutely sure. Thank you for listening to this rant from the Dr. Despair podcast. Uh, the Dr. Despair podcast, as always, is written, produced, directed, stars, me, Dr. Despair, and when I can get her assistance, Minion Septuplot 9. Um, other voice talents are Orca Boy, uh, Senior Candide every now and then, uh, the new hero, the uh, Red Crimson, um, or I think maybe she's a villain, I'm not sure. Um, others, uh, too numerous to name, but most especially Minion Septuplot 1, who continues to uh, desire me to continue these podcasts. In fact, yesterday she said to me, and my heart was warmed, Maybe I'm so close a minion to you that you're actually my minion. Ah, I thought, well, could be true. Anyway, that's about it from me, Dr. Despair. Um, Have a great, 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 great day. Do what's right. Rejoice in humanity. Don't rejoice in division. Heal those that you can. And be proud of the fact that you're a human being and part of your nature is to respond to cries for help by helping. Thank you. Bye. Epilogue. Um, often I think we see things, especially these parables in the Bible, that uh, kind of add to the podcast, uh, you know, reflections on, on these things. Sometimes there are multiple perspectives. Uh, there's a great depth. As Yogi Berra would say, the depths of the of these uh, parables is quite deep. They have deep depths. That's that's absolutely true. So, remember Jesus' audience were Jewish people. Um, and he was speaking of a Samaritan. And so when they heard this, when they heard about the, the, the priest and the scribe who walked by and passed by the victim of, of the violence... First of all, they probably assumed that the violence was carried out by Samaritans themselves. They were crossing in a Samaritan land, right? And um, there they were in this very dangerous land. So that, that's one thing, right? So the people themselves that had done this to this uh, poor, poor traveler were likely Samaritans. I think that that's the way they would, would have understood it. And so they would have been quite outraged too. As again, a proof and evidence of the fact of what kind of people the Samaritans were. But then the person that helps is a Samaritan. And so now, quickly put yourself in this position. Not as the Samaritan, not as the priest, not as the scribe, but as the victim, the traveler. 
What does that man think when he wakes up? Suppose he was beaten the hell out of by Samaritans. What then does he think? Would he not hate the Samaritans? And have more cause to hate the Samaritans? But then he's told... He's told that the man who saved him, who took such great care of him, who would spare any expense, who went to incredible lengths beyond what any normal person would to make sure that guy was healed. What then does that man think of Samaritans? The question is, who is my neighbor? We want to divide up the world into neighbors and enemies. And G.K. Chesterton once said, the Bible tells us to pray not only for our neighbor, but for our enemy, likely because they are the same person. And that's the case. Any one of us who can be victim or can be victimizer or can be bystander. What role will you play in the story of the Samaritan? Will you be the victim, the scribe, the Pharisee, or the Samaritan? Or will you be one of those that helped to heal when the cause came by? Will you receive the coin of the Samaritan? That is a question. And how will you respond to the victim and to the Samaritan? Take a little moment to think about that. Think about what your role is, what role you want to play. <sighs> There's a lot there, I think. But I think for most of us, what we are going to be is the innkeeper in the story. We will be a kind of bystander. But what we don't want to ever be. Though they escape unharmed, it would seem is the scribe and the Pharisee. Well, thank you very much. And uh, again, we'll return with the Dr. Spare podcast in the future because it is in the future where we will live the rest of our lives. Goodbye. <laughs>